Hello, hello. Welcome to the VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host, Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality, and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body, and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. Okay, you guys, before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about my new favorite product that I have been using every single night before bed. It is unbelievable. It's a magnesium supplement called Electrolyte Balance. Basically, it's a bottle of liquid and you pour only two teaspoons of it in a glass of water at night and it makes this magnesium drink that works wonders. A few of the benefits that I have noticed, when I say noticed, I mean this is literally the only supplement where I've seen immediate results. So my sleep is amazing. It helps me fall asleep fast and stay asleep, which is great. It also helps with digestion. Oh my God. In the morning, the systems are working beautifully to say the least. And muscle relaxation is another big one. I definitely feel relaxed and calm and I cannot even tell you how amazing this magnesium is. And you don't need to take it at night. You could take it after a workout. You could take it in the morning, you know, really whenever your body needs magnesium, but I love to take it at night. Okay. So you may be wondering what is different about this magnesium supplement than all of the other magnesium supplements that exist. Well, it is something quite important. Electrolyte balance is a combination of magnesium and calcium bicarbonate. These are complex hydrated electrolyte salts that exist only in water under very specific conditions. So what that means is that most of the water we drink lacks these minerals and the magnesium powder and tablet supplements are not in bicarbonate form, so they are not bioavailable, which means they are basically useless to your body. According to Mount Sinai, 90% of Americans have a magnesium deficiency. This magnesium bicarbonate replenishes the body's magnesium reserves and provides the body with electrolyte salts, which reduce insomnia, headaches, and inflammation and helps with memory, focus, and relaxation. I cannot recommend this product enough. I wouldn't be sharing it with you all if I didn't fully believe in it and see the benefits from it myself. So all of the VHive listeners can receive 10% off their order of electrolyte balance by using the code THEVHIVE at checkout on www.livepristine.com. That's spelled www.l-i-v-e-p-r-i-s-t-i-n-e.com. Two quick things I want to mention. When you go to this website, scroll down and you will see the electrolyte balance bottle. That is the product you want to click on. Also, the shipping is expensive, so my recommendation would be to order a six-pack of the bottles. That's what I did. This way, you will save money on future shipping fees when you want to go reorder a second bottle, and those six bottles will probably last you up to a year. So that is my tip, and I hope you all love this product as much as I do. Please let me know what you think, and without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Today, I have the most exciting guest. Some of you, most of you might know her. If you follow me on Instagram, you definitely know her. I am here with Lulu Padmore, the founder of the amazing Instagram account, The Pelvic Warrior. We have been wanting to plan this for a while now, so I am just so excited to have you here today. Thank you, my love. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for being here. Well, not be here, but just chatting to you. Virtually, that's right. (laughs) And so I'm in New York. It's really early in the morning here and you're in Australia and it's really late at night where you are. So we coordinated a time that would work as best as it could for both of us yeah yeah. just well my children needed to be asleep so they didn't interrupt me (laughs) (laughs) no this is perfect (laughs) um but I'm just so happy that you're here and honestly 
I literally went to sleep last night excited to talk with you this morning because I can't wait for everyone to hear more about your story and your life and all of the things that you've learned throughout your journey healing. You have so much wisdom, so much knowledge, education to share with everyone. So I cannot wait for you to share all of your secrets, all of the things that you do every day to you know, make the happiest, healthiest, most beautiful and vibrant life for yourself. So first, I just want to plug you and say, if you do not follow Lou, (laughs) the pelvic warrior on Instagram, go follow her because she's absolutely amazing. You will be obsessed. So first, go follow her. After that, come back here and listen. Okay, so for those who aren't familiar, tell us just a little bit more about your story. And I know it's a very long one, but... In short, like, what got you to where you are today? Okay. So it is a long story. Like, it's, like, 13 years long. So I was, like, thinking Sorry, about it today. I'm, I kind of... Give us some context. How old are you now? Oh, God. That's a hard-hitting one. I'm 40 now. <laughs> yeah, but you look, like, so young. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so I, my, my kind of... I guess my first real, like, you know... Um, I, like my first introduction to pelvic pain was like way back mm. when I was, you know, 18, when I had kind of, you know, chronic UTIs, I would get them quite often. Fast forward to 27 and that's when I first had vulvodynia. So that was a pretty scary time because vulvodynia wasn't quite, you know, 13 years ago, that wasn't very common. Um, not a lot of doctors knew about it. There was not a lot of info on the internet about it. So I really had to find my way. So I found a PT, a pelvic floor PT practically that helped me through that six months of searching. Um, and they helped me kind of, you know, with my hypertonic pelvic floor muscles. And I used the biofeedback, biofeedback machine to get that under control. But it was a really scary time because I was like, why is my vagina burning? What's going on? And it's like, you know, everyone has that kind of feeling initially when something's not going right in their pelvic area. Fast forward to 2009, um, I was, you know, in an unhealthy relationship. I'd lost a lot of weight. I was working at like a really stressful job. I was burning the candle at the both ends and my periods just stopped. Um, And during this time, I had a really bad UTI. It was like the first one I'd had in ages. And it was this kind of case of where the infection went away, but the symptoms stayed. And, like, you can imagine, like, after going through vulvodynia and then now having something new in that area, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what is this now? And I Googled, of course, and I freaked myself out because interstitial cystitis sounded so scary. So I was a bit fragile, um, especially after this breakup with this boy. And then... I kind of ended up in my gynecologist's office and he did some tests and he saw that I had really low estrogen. So he put me on the pill and amazingly that completely took my bladder symptoms away. Wow. Um, yeah. So, um, so I was like, great problem fixed, fixed the vulvaginia. I've got this one sorted, but then, you know, like, I think with anything pelvic related, you know, you can never be too sure of if it's ever going to come back. Um, the pill kind of, you know, it, it can cause thrush. So I was starting to get more thrush infections and then that brought back the vulvodynia. So I was having this kind of to and fro of like vulvodynia and this like bladder pain stuff. Um I went to a holistic doctor because my my partner at the time, who is now my husband, like I was like, you know, wanting to make sure that my hormones were okay. So if we wanted to have kids at some point in time, we could. She, um, so this holistic doctor I saw in Adelaide, she was great. Um, Actually too good because I actually felt pregnant (laughs) with my first daughter. Um, And... I had no bladder symptoms during the pregnancy, which was fantastic. Um, And when I gave birth in August 2011, um, my vulvodynia went away completely. Mm -hmm. So 
I was like, wow, that's great. And my only theory as to how and why it went away was that I think that the birth stretched all the nerve supplies, like the nerve supply to the the vulva region. Yeah. But six months later, I was breastfeeding. And naturally, when you're breastfeeding, you have low estrogen. So um, the bladder symptoms came back. So it was this this constant toing and froing of bladder symptoms, vulva symptoms, bladder symptoms, vulva symptoms. So Mm -hmm. it was quite, like, emotionally distressing because I looked completely fine. I, I didn't look sick, but all this stuff was going on in my pelvis. And then um, this was, of course, six months before our wedding, right? So the um, on our wedding day, I was like, you know, wanting to celebrate, obviously, but I couldn't really drink or alcohol, but I was like, stuff it, I'm going to anyway. And I ended up the next day after my wedding, my bladder went into full retention. I was rushed to hospital and spent two weeks with a catheter in um trying to kind of calm my bladder down so it was like a great start wow. to our marriage oh my gosh. <laughs> luckily he's a really awesome guy so it wasn't you know it wasn't you know the worst thing that could have happened but mm. um in the end I ended up at the Weira clinic and I was diagnosed in 2013 with pudendal nerve entrapment and yeah so that's basically where I got this diagnosis of pudendal nerve entrapment um and fast forward to I think 2019 was um kind of like my my lowest of lows that was my year of like what I would call um the dark night of the soul and what I mean by that was like rock bottom complete rock bottom I um, had the beginning of 2019, I had a a failed medical procedure with um, this doctor that had diagnosed me with pudendal neuralgia, um, pudendal nerve entrapment. And um, he basically didn't come and see me after the procedure. I was in a lot of pain. Um, I couldn't get a hold of him after I was, you know, um, discharged from hospital. And it triggered these, these memories of a sexual assault that I'd had in when I was 16 years old. So um, naturally, I just didn't feel safe. Um, I was, you know, felt very abandoned, felt very alone, very depressed. And um, I was kind of just sent on my way. It was like umpteen million, you know, painkillers and just kind of, you know, sort it out yourself because in his eyes, the procedure went well. Um, so I kind of, you know, pushed through. I got a little bit better. But in mid-2019, I just had this mental breakdown. I was, you know, still working, raising two children, and I just snapped. So I that was kind of like the, the catalyst to me uh, going, you know what, like I've put so much into the medical um model and put all my faith in these doctors that they're going to fix me they're going to heal me and that was the turning point where I went within and I was like do you know what it's me that's going to fix me not them and I remember um I pretty much had didn't leave the house for two weeks because I was having panic attacks I was completely depressed and I just was silent I just stopped and I I remember I was just sitting on the couch and I was flicking on Netflix and I saw this documentary called Heal. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Joe Dispenza came up and he shared his story. And I'm not sure if your listeners are familiar with who he is. He's an incredible Sound man like that yeah. does so much. Um, does everyone know who he is? Shall I mention who he is? Um, some people might know him. I, don't, I feel like probably everyone doesn't know him but um yeah he's just this amazing meditation teacher who healed himself through his meditations and now he basically just shares shares this with the world yeah basically Uh and he had he has like like I implore everyone to go and google him and listen to his story because his story is amazing and I was like if he can heal from what he healed just using his mind I'm going to fix myself. And that was my mindset change. Like mm-hmm. it completely changed my outlook on things. And it was, you know, it was the starting point to something new and something really exciting because it was the first time I went, 
there there is another way there is another way so um I that's when I started meditating and I was awful at it at the beginning um but I slowly just you know leaned into it more and more and wait when you say awful what what do you mean because I feel like everyone says they're awful at meditation but like, what yeah, does that mean well, to I you? just, well, I just couldn't. So I started at the gym. So I, when I was at the gym, I would just literally visualize while and stare at one point mm-hmm. um, while I was on the treadmill and just visualize while this, a song was playing. Right. And then I moved on to like listening to his meditations um, and just kind of just lying there with my eyes closed. And then I would you know, shut the door and make sure I was in a silent space and, you know, I would just progress. It just got, right. you know, it's, it's like anything. It's like yeah. when you build a muscle, you have to start small and then, you, you know, you go, go to bigger weights and, and, and it's just like that. It's just mm-hmm. your brain adapting to another way of, um, you know, another altered state basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that changed everything for me. Like for me, meditation was the key to so much Um, because before, like I, I was the person that was catastrophizing. I'm never going to get better. This is awful. I hate my life. I hate my body. I can't believe this is happening to me. All those really like catastrophic thoughts was my life for like, all the way leading up to 2019 and that's so common like I I I know that so many people myself included like when you are in pain the only thing that the brain can really do just naturally is to catastrophize so you actually have to as as you've said and you'll continue to explain but you have to actually teach your brain to not catastrophize yeah, totally. And for me, like I, w- I went, I, you know, I had been to a million psychologists with that CBD, mo- C- BT. sorry, not CBD, CBT, CBT model mm-hmm. really didn't fit for me. I, um, I found just so much solace in being still and quiet and, and mm-hmm. meditating and being guided by meditation. So, mm-hmm. you know, like anyone, you know, you really have to find your fit, whether it be journaling or whether it be going up for a walk in nature or whether it be just sitting still and just let, letting your thoughts go by yeah. or doing crystal work or doing also any type of work, you know, you have to find your fit. And that was my fit. You know, it was mm-hmm. like a perfect glove. It just fit. Yeah. And I got better at it. I started meditating for a longer periods of time. So I went from like meditating for 10 minutes here and there to, you know, an hour a day, an hour and a half a day, sometimes three hours a day. Like, yeah, it was, um, it was really a beautiful thing. And then in 2020, um, that's when I started the pelvic warrior because I really felt like I hadn't, ex- you know, expressed, um, you know, what I'd been through. I had a lot of people I knew that had no idea what I'd been through or what I was going through. So it was like an outlet for me to mm-hmm. really express myself in a way that I didn't have to sit down with each person and go, oh, this is what's happened, blah, 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 blah. Like they could all kind of follow and, and read whatever they wanted to read. But it was also a chance for me to give back to younger girls or people who, who have just been diagnosed with something to kind of be a support system for them because I never had that because yeah. there was nothing out there like that when I was kind of going through that initial phase of mm-hmm. trying to understand what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, that's, <laughs> that's 13 years of kind of – where I'm at um so yeah um yeah I didn't really want anyone to go through what I went through I wanted to to kind of be be there for anyone I could in any capacity Mm -hmm. well thank you for sharing all of that because it is definitely not easy to first sum up 13 years in 10 minutes (laughs) And second, to just be vulnerable and talk about this to, I mean, anyone in the world who might want to listen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so grateful. And now I want to kind of talk about like where you are now and all of the things that you do. 
and have been doing. But before we get into that, there's one question that I want to ask you that I'm just so curious to hear your answer to because it's something that I think about a lot and I think a lot of people listening um, could benefit from hearing your answer to this question. So basically, I think that there's a fine line. Okay, so you have the Pelvic Warrior Instagram account and you, you know, you you connect and you speak and you just talk to people and you've created such a great community and platform and you are just the most beautiful human but I want to know your thoughts on like the fine line between being part of a community such as a pelvic pain community online and like where is helpful and then where it becomes detrimental that's a really good question and and I always take it back to when you have pelvic pain or any kind of chronic chronic pain, your brain is hypervigilant, right? Right, so exactly. Like super switched on. So you're always second guessing something or you're just you're just in that hypervigilant mode all the time. And even the good things can become unhealthy obsessions. Such a good so, point. Like over journaling, you know, mm-hmm. Dan Buglio spoke about it yeah. a couple of episodes ago. You know, he over journaled himself into a depression. Like over meditating, you can be too obsessed with it, and you know, obsessing about your pain, obsessing about just being chronically ill all the time. So, it's really important to just stop, disconnect, go for a walk, go for a bushwalk, binge on Netflix, get your mind out of your mind. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like just get out of your brain for a while. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And one other thing that I want to say that I think is like related and important and something that I have been huge on doing recently is unfollowing people on Instagram. Um, And I obviously I have two accounts. I have my personal account and then I have the Beehive. And I'm not as focused on my personal account because I honestly don't go on that one as much as I go on the VHive account. But I just noticed that I follow like over a thousand people and literally every single day, I'm not kidding you, I unfollow 50 people because it's not that I don't like (laughs) like them or care about them. It's just like I don't need to see this this every day like even if it's you know podcast guests I've had or mutual friends or like just so many people and it's just like it's like clutter to the mind and I'm just like I I honestly want to open my Instagram and have a few people that I love and that like I learn something from and that make me feel good and if I need more information I'll go find it but like on a daily basis I don't need to be bombarded and like just cluttered with all of this yeah it's it's a it can be a real toxic place you know Mm -hmm. you know instagram can be obsessive and i've fallen into the trap many times oh me too where you're like checking it all the time (laughs) i'm not on tiktok oh my god don't i kind of yeah i kind of got scared about the whole you know chinese government thing um so so i said that quietly um but you know like it's totally true like i i'm very careful about who i follow back because not because i don't want to be ungrateful for the follow but i just um i want to contribute to the people's accounts that i do follow and engage with them as much as i can in a really genuine way yeah so it is a community do you know what i mean i agree Um, so I can give space back to the people that, um, that you know, I really genuinely love and care about and, totally. and, and cherish. But so it's important. I do want to say that Instagram is also a blessing at times because it's actually crazy. But you, you and I met through Instagram and you're the only friend <laughs> that I have through social media. But like we talk all the time and it's so cool (laughs) it's so cool that we met on Instagram like I always heard of people making friends on Instagram and I laughed at it but like it really did happen here so I think that that is pretty cool um oh massively massively (laughs) like I I you were the first podcast that I was like this woman's for real man like she's not some PT you talk trying to like promote their business you have a genuine interest you have a vested interest because you you know got um a history with pelvic pain and and you you genuinely are an amazing interviewer so, That's so and sweet. I was like I'm just like I'm obsessed with you so oh. and then not and then we just became friends and it I was know. just beautiful 
Oh my God. That means so much to me though. Thank you. I really, (laughs) no, I really appreciate that. That's the best compliment I can receive. So thank you. We could literally go on all day about randomness and how much we love each other, but (laughs) we're going to, um, we're going to stay focused and we are going to talk about a lot of things that we need to talk about today. So the first is let's dive deeper into your discovery with meditation, self-love, radical acceptance, opening up on social media. Like these are so many things that you talk about and that you've done recently, or I mean, not so recently, but I would say like relatively recently, let's just say. Yeah, Um, yeah. But that have really become a part of your everyday life that you correct me if I'm wrong, but that have helped you tremendously on your healing journey. Yeah. And I think just like connecting with like spirituality and just be be, living in a state of gratitude instead of a state of fear. I think that that's something that you are so like tuned into and hyper, but in a good way, hyper aware of like, it's just something that you try and do and live by every day. And I think that that's so admirable and something that is so helpful for any human being in this world, but especially someone who's experienced chronic pain. So tell us, of course. So tell us more about like your daily practices, you know, your mindset. And when you're not feeling well, how you kind of get back into that mindset of gratitude and acceptance and self-love. And I want people listening to just be able to like learn from you because you are, (laughs) no, you've been doing this for so long and, and you really you really embody it. So share your wisdom. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My gosh, I am. I'm flattered. I am really like I like it really did just start with meditation. And, you know, it really cracked open the doors to, hey, I need to love myself more. Um, And part of that was like, okay, I'm going to start this Instagram page, I'm going to be real as can I swear yeah of course real as real as fuck because um I'm going to show the good the bad the ugly the fun the silly the crazy the happy the everything that was my kind of um you know whole premise on starting the account I didn't want to be hey I'm really happy and I have pelvic pain I wanted to be real Mm -hmm. but in a way that I wasn't overly depressive or overly happy I just wanted to be me and so it's what you see is what you get basically um but it it was funny because just as much as I started helping women it it came back to me so the, the the community helped me when I was in you know really bad places because I'm going to tell you something really interesting so 2020 when I started the, the account so 2020 wasn't a great year for anyone but 2020 um I can't believe I had, you just started the pelvic warrior in 2020 yeah in March That's 2020 crazy. when COVID hit because wow. I had nothing like my job ceased so I had I was like I'm just going to do this and and by the way so, um for everyone listening <laughs> Lou is the most amazing makeup artist ever. So oh, everyone should you. know that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I so sorry. No, I thank you because my yeah my makeup um, business stopped completely, obviously from COVID, and because everyone was in lockdown, and I I was like I'm going to start this account, and if I look back on 2020, I had more pain episodes in 2020 than I did in the last two years combined. So I'm combining 2018 and 2019, right? But the difference is, right, and this is what I really want to drive home to people, is that I grew more like mentally and spiritually so much stronger um, in my ability to heal and love myself than all of the 13 years plus of pain that I experienced. So the growth in me over one year, you know, was huge. And that mental strength is accumulative, right? You don't lose that. You know, it just keeps building, you know, because you you do it through knowledge. So I did it by reading books, um, you know, for listening to podcasts like yours, like, connecting really connecting with people that were going through the same thing I was going through and sharing our experiences opening up to like actual physical friends face to face 
and saying, hey, this is this is my story. And like, you know, one friend in particular, I, I really just told her everything about it all. And um, it just was a weight off my shoulders. Um, so I just, yeah, I gained all this strength. And so in my mindset, even though I had more pain flares last year than, you know, the last two years combined, mentally, I'm so much stronger. So it didn't phase me, right? Because I was like, I had all these tools now. I had all this strength, this mental strength. So my mindset is like my body will eventually catch up with my mind. You know, your Mm -hmm. mind moves quicker than your body, right? So eventually, you know, I'm not going to get, I know like it's going to take a little bit longer to heal 13 years plus of pain because it's not just physical pain, it's it's mental anguish, you know, like it's mental pain, it's mental trauma, it's, it's doctor trauma, it's a whole heap of other things. So I I now can kind of sit back and go, okay, I'm, I'm having a pain episode or however you like to call it. It's okay. It's, I'm going to get better. It's going to be, it's going to pass. So that mental strength is so key to your healing process, you know, because it all starts there. Like when yeah. you're strong in the mind and when you have that absolute love for yourself deep in your heart, that's when it all starts. That's when all the good good stuff starts, man. Like that's that's exciting stuff. Like that's change and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really that really opened the door for me to just, you know, keep going, keep sharing my experience. And um, that's kind of how I look at things now. Yeah. Like I just know that eventually it's going to be okay I'm gonna find the solution mm-hmm. the, the the key to it all the right mix the right cake mix as Dan Buglio mentioned the other day what do you were, know what I mean yeah. what were the three main things that got you there if you had to just pick like three things so meditation mm-hmm. absolutely um uh doing seeing a psychologist Mm -hmm. Uh, so unpacking a lot of old trauma so doing a lot of shadow work because we live in a world of polarity right we live in a world of you know good and bad I don't like to use those terms because I just think you know I agree it's so it's so like um such a society kind of like imprint on us to to think something's good or bad so um yeah, basically, you know, we live in this world of polarity, like light and dark, and we have to, you know, celebrate the, the lightness, so celebrate the good times, but we also learn a lot when we're in the shadows, right? When we're in pain or where you're dealing with physical, local or mental emotions. You know, I know I've from experience um, through last year and many and many other times, like when you hit rock bottom, you know, you learn, you see a different perspective and then you, you kind of like go, wow, and then that opens your mind to something else mm-hmm. and then that opens your mind to something else. So being afraid of not being okay um, is is really, I mean, it's just, it's all about fear. So if you're not afraid about not being okay, that's a huge leap in, yeah. in your kind of journey, right? Like, and it's... I, last year I did a retreat on my own. I went out into the to the bu- the bush. The, I think you guys call it the forest or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did a lot of shadow work. I, I went and walked through. Um, we had big bushfires last year, so I walked through, you know, a lot of this old bush and I could really feel a lot of energy about, um, you know, what had happened, a lot of... Um, you know, I could kind of sense the death of the forest, right? And then I went away and I did some journaling and I cried my eyes out and just spending that time alone and, and I wrote letters to my 16-year-old self that had been sexually assaulted. So, you know, doing all this shadow work, it's nothing to be afraid of, you know. I think people are stuck in this this thing that they have to be get 100% better and they have to be happy all the time, right? But happy is just one emotion of many emotions that we have as human beings. So I, I like to, like, I think I did a post on it a while back and it's like 
there are micro moments, right, of happiness, oh, good times, you know, and we have to just really revel in those micro moments because a lot of the times life isn't that happy, but we have, we get driven at home through media and advertising and Instagram that we, this is going to make you pretty and happy and life is going to be great if you have this or that or whatever. And it's like, that's all bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. Like it's literally micro moments of, of happiness and the rest are other emotions that we feel. We can feel joy. We can feel general malaise. We can feel just mediocre. So I think also, yeah. no, I just think that that is so important. I think that's also one of the hardest things to accept. Like, and I've, I ta- I've been talking about this a lot on past episodes, but basically, and I think it's just coming from the way that I personally feel, but like when we are feeling things other than happiness or excitement or joy, we feel like, okay, so let's say we're anxious or tired or sad or angry or fearful. We have been like conditioned to think that those are bad emotions or bad feelings and we try and just do whatever we can to push them away and to get rid of them. But that's just yes. so counterproductive. And like, I know that you obviously know this, but I think that that's something that took me a while to learn. And I think that that's yeah. a key to like really just overcoming everything, every obstacle in life. Because, and I actually, I just finished a really good book um, and I posted a quote from it the other day, the other night on Instagram. But I, I just pulled up the quote and it, and the quote says, we are human beings with human emotions and resisting or denying those feelings only gives them power. So, totally. and it wasn't even a book That's about, amazing. Cr- yeah, it wasn't even a book about chronic pain or like health or healing or anything. Um, it was a book about this woman named Jen Atkin. Her, she's a celebrity hairstylist and it was about her career. But um, that book was at the end of it. And I just, it resonated with me. I mean, that quote was at the end of it and it resonated with me. And I was like, this is so true and just applies to everything that I talk about on the podcast that we're talking about now is just like it's okay you have to feel those those all of the emotions I want to say bad but they're not bad you have to feel all of your emotions because that's the only way that your body will actually surrender and relax and calm down is if you're not fighting all of the feelings you know yeah you've got to feel your feelings Mm -hmm. and, and you you grow through what you go through right you've got to feel that emotion I completely agree I think that's so important okay the other thing that I want to have you touch upon for a second is not watching the clock you talk about this a lot and you have this in our notes like not watching the clock not constantly checking in on yourself not obsessing over how you're feeling what you ate what you're doing how it's going to make you feel trying to kind of just take a step back accept surrender and live and i think you've gotten to yeah you've gotten to a really good place in terms of that and that's something that's really hard to do but just talk on that for a minute like how you got there and your advice for people listening how they can get there as well I mean, that's a fundamental thing, right? Like if, if you're watching the clock, you're not healing because yeah. you're still hypervigilant about what's going on. Like, And um, I have um, one particular person that, you know, she, um, she always kind of checks in with me and she's like, oh, like, you know, like I could sit for this long and, um, you know, now I can't. And it's like you have to just stop. Stop thinking about that you were better last year. Mm. Like you know, stop thinking about that you were better two years ago. Like, it's not helpful, okay? You, you think about the present moment right now. Don't think about the future. I don't think about the future. Like, I, I, I honestly don't. I think about the next day or the, or the day, um, you know, after that. Like, I don't, like, think about, oh, my God, like, well, you know, what's – what? How, how, how long is this going to take? Because – um, I guess because I've been living it so long, it's like I'm like it's not helpful. Like I've, yeah. I've just gone, it's just not helpful. I'm just going to live my life, and it's also I have two kids, right? So I, you know, they look at you and they learn from you. And um, if I'm super anxious and crazy about something, then they're going to be super anxious and crazy right. too. So 
I'm just it's not it's not helpful for them, right? So the best thing I do is put on music and dance around silly, be stupid. I love music. Like I think it's one of the fundamentals to this whole thing. I have like this like 4M rule, I guess. Well, 4M, 4M principles. So it's like movement, music, meditation, and mindset is my mm. like four principles I love to that. kind of healing. Like, and music is so fundamental. You know, moving your body is so fundamental. Like, even if it's just a walk up the street and back, and then the next day you can walk a little bit further, and the next day you can walk a little bit further. Your body is like one of the the, the most um, amazing guys that kind of I have has been so helpful is a guy named Dr. Lorimer Mosley and he's a pain scientist. He's Australian. And he he basically explains pain and in a really funny, hilarious way too. He's he's got um, a TED interview on YouTube. You can kind of look him up. Um so, you know, like he just the way he explains how pain works and how our mind works and how like the safety system works in our mind is so helpful so you know I implore everyone to kind of have a look I'm not going to go too much into it but like he has assist this kind of like handbook um that you can buy and um he has a thing called like the sims and the dim so what is safe in me and what is danger in me mm-hmm. so every every day it could change so like oh that glass of orange juice is safe for me today and and so you know like you put a post-it note on the safe side so this is safe for me today but then you might drink it another day and it might cause a pain so your brain associates that orange juice with um as pain so then it goes back into the danger in me side so you kind of it's just you know you, you just have to kind of like be gentle with your mind, be gentle with your brain, be gentle with your body and like use your intuition. And intuition, like anything, is a mu- like a muscle is something that you can grow as well and that grows through meditation too because you're, you're being still and you can really tune into your body and go, okay, intuitively this feels good, intuitively this doesn't feel good. Um, so the more you can kind of, use that intuition like that sixth sense of knowing you know it's going to change it's going to change your life it's going to change your world Mm -hmm. managing kids a job a husband I posted an Instagram story sharing with everyone that I would be interviewing you today and a bunch of people asked about how you had kids through all of this which you did explain earlier on and then how you manage kids and a life and and a home life and a work life now with this and I think that that is a really good question because that's obviously a very common situation so how do you do that oh well it's it's not it's not easy I can say look I mean it's a balancing act it really is and um like, as I love my children. They're a blessing. Um, I had, yes, I did have my kids through all of this. And I did explain that, you know, my vulvodynia got better after I had Will, uh, Willow. But, um, you know, things came back after Piper. Um, I don't necessarily think that the birth of Piper caused things coming back. I think they were already kind of there. So they just kind of were exacerbated after the birth of Piper. But, um like being a new mum was really hard, but I guess in a way um, it was a blessing because it took my focus off thinking about the pain all the time because I was dealing with a newborn and a, and a three and a half year old. So I um, like I had just made myself as comfortable as I could through the medication I could take. And then I was just focused on them. But of course, as they got older and as, as they are getting older, they're a lot more aware of what goes on with me and um I don't ever hide it from them um and my husband's amazing like he understands that um you know if I have a pain flare like I might be out for a couple of days and he just gives me that time um he's very supportive it's hard on him too though because um he has feelings and emotions about it but I'm very sensitive about it so he feels like he can't get upset about it and I feel bad sometimes because you know our sex life isn't 
as outrageous as it could be and things like that. So it really is a balancing act and there's a lot that I could be shameful about and I could hate myself about it, but I'm like, I can't help what's happened to me. I can just, like, the best I am is, um, you know, is better for them. So Mm -hmm. if I'm better in my mind, it's better for them, you know. They they don't have a depressive mum that's sitting around, you know, wanting to kill herself and mm-hmm. I've had I've been there I've been through suicide suicidal thoughts I've been through you know very close attempts of suicide and things like that so um you know if I, I now it's like I know that I need my time my healing time as much as I need to give to them and fortunately they're at an age where they can play together or I can put them in front of the TV for a couple of hours and I can go and have, you know, a lie down or a meditation or I'll take them for a walk. Um, But it really is, and I think this is the important point, is that, you know, my children have been a blessing. They've also been incredibly hard work. The balance of space um, you have for them and for yourself, like, to heal is spread quite thin right so you just have to be aware of that but what they've taught me is this is this really profound love right um and it's indescribable um being a a mother has kept me moving forward because you have to right um they need me right they they need their mum and there's been times where um and I still have times where I'm like i I can't do this. Like I just, um, how am I going to keep going? But you know, I like I said, as they get older, I want them to see how strong their mum is, mm-hmm. and I want them to see that life is about challenges and it's also about triumphs. And they've helped me love myself more because mm-hmm. now I look at myself and I'm like, um, I now love myself like I love my daughters. You know, you wouldn't give up on your children, right? So there is no other option. You don't give up on yourself. You keep loving yourself and you keep moving forward until you find the right fit, you can find the right solution. Mm. So (laughs) that's how I see it. (laughs) No, that's so beautiful and it's so true. I mean, I don't know because I don't have kids, but I can only imagine. Yeah, like you should give as much love to yourself as you would your children. You should mother yourself, love yourself, every cell in your body, especially the parts that hurt, most importantly, the parts that hurt, you know. When I meditate now, I meditate and I do specifically for my pelvis and I've done a few like meditations on um, my Instagram page where I've done an Instagram live and it's just specifically pelvic orientated. And part of parts of those meditations is I'll get them to think of someone they love. And, you know, you bring up those emotions of love in your heart center. And then I'm like, send that love down to your pelvis and really love it. Because, you know, you've, you know, every cell, they can hear you. And now it sounds crazy, but like you're all made up of cells and atoms, essentially molecules and we're all energy at the end of the day. So if you're talking negatively to yourself, it's going to have negative effects on yourself. If you're talking positively to yourself and reassuring yourself that you love yourself, it's going to have positive effects on yourself. So it's all healing at the end of the day. You've got to love yourself at the core of the, at the core of it all, mm-hmm. basically. And that's that, so true. you know, that's an example for your kids. You know, you build the resilience because they see that life isn't always amazing you know yeah I never hide it from them I you know my eldest is like mum she said to me one day am I gonna have pelvic pain and I said you know baby I don't know but if you do I will be there for you and I will help you and I'm not trying to scare her but I the answer is I don't know yeah so if she does it's okay yeah I'll be there yeah so yeah, that's how I kind of manage it. And with my work, um, I'm fortunate enough that I'm a makeup artist, so I, I don't work regular hours. I don't have to sit down a lot. Um, it's hard work. Yeah, I do sometimes stand up for a long time on, on, on at one go. But um, 
I only have to do it a couple of days a week and I kind of earn the same amount of money as I would if I was sitting on a desk job. So I'm fortunate mm-hmm. that way. And it's creative and your yeah. brain is thrives on creativity when you're in when you're trying to heal. So if you're learning and you're being creative, your brain thrives on that. So that's why I teach um, sometimes I do a makeup touch therapy class on my Instagram page and I teach women to kind of really love their face and really kind of like feel the sensations on their face mm-hmm. um, when they're putting their makeup on because you know it's a process where you're looking at yourself in the mirror you're, you're putting makeup on it makes you feel better and it's I'm trying to teach them it's not a self-indulgent act because Instagram has kind of made it that way and it's a self-love process it's a self-care process and mm. I've had a lot of people do the um the kind of little course with me and they've told me that their pain was like a seven and now it's a three oh so my God. yeah it's that's a good amazing thing. wow yeah I'm so I have to do more of those I haven't done one in a while so and I yeah. need to I need to be uh join in on the next one because I haven't yet. absolutely I love teaching makeup like I love oh my God. I love teaching it's 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 it's, 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 a, it's a, just another self-love practice yeah like I meditation. agree I totally agree thank you so much for sharing this because I think that this topic is something that a lot of people wanted to hear about and you answered it so beautifully. So I'm grateful for that. Now I want to do a quick rapid fire question and answer. I got a bunch of questions from listeners and followers. So let's just go through those and um, a few more questions to wrap up with after that. And then that, that will be it. But Okay. Yeah. So Far away, <laughs> So the first question is, do you take any supplements that help you? Um, I take the general like probiotics. Um, I have been actually taking this 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 powder which is like a collagen peptide powder mm-hmm. and collagen is a cellular repairer, right? Um so it's like a drink. I drink it and um I yeah, I feel like it's good. I'm not sure. Like, I feel like it might be helping repair cellularly some stuff that's going on in my bladder. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, I feel like it does help. Um, it's, I'll let you know the um, the brand. I think it's called Thankfully Nourished. But mm-hmm. it's like this this German brand that it's like it's it's like a really pure form of collagen, cool. which is also good for skin and nails and hair and things like that. So. Mm-hmm awesome yeah and yeah so but yeah not like I, I don't take a whole range of stuff because I just don't think it's you know it's warranted yeah <laughs> I take I enough medication I don't I need to take a thousand supplements I know um okay next question is do you have any topical treatments for vulvodynia um so I sometimes from time to time um maybe like a vulvodynia episode and I used to take um like a a compounded um cream that had estriol in it so it's like a form of estrogen it's not um there's three different types of estrogen estriol is the one that is least likely to give you thrush and or a yeast infection um and um that would be mixed with mdep which is animal tryptoline. So um, I used to have that. I don't take that anymore because um, I would get into the habit of like looking down and looking at my vagina and seeing if everything was okay. So I was just like always checking in that kind of hypervigilant mind. So now I just like if I feel things are a bit, you know, not nice that down there, I'll just kind of ignore it, mm-hmm. um, tell myself I'm okay and um i'll just uh meditate on like healing that Mm -hmm. area in my mind visually yeah Yeah. like cell to cell um the other thing i'll use if um is coconut oil Mm -hmm. so that's 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 all but i try to just stop looking and like putting too much focus on that area yeah i think that's really important and really good advice because Again, I'm not a doctor, but from what I do know, a lot of vulvodynia is not actually, it's more, 
topical things aren't really going to help that often um, unless your doctor has really diagnosed you with some sort of like a skin issue but also as you said meditation and soothing your body and your nervous system is just as important as any topical thing you might even use so I think that that's a really good point um another question is what to do with vulvodynia flares I'm trying to get pregnant but intercourse is too painful this is probably a longer answer than we have time for but is there anything you have? To, and I mean, you also answered that in so many different ways throughout the hour we've been speaking. But I guess, is there anything else you have to say to that? Yeah, I mean, look, I guess it's it's all a matter of safety. And um, you really kind of just have to try other methods, I guess, to getting really aroused and making sure that you're very ready for intercourse and like having a really great um lube that's non um uh that hasn't got any uh, is it glycerin in it or something um that's going to aggravate the skin i think you've talked about it before there's something Mm in ky jelly that's like sugar Mm -hmm. um and oh i know what you're talking about i forgot what it's called yeah it's um it's just I totally forgot, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so maybe just use like a coconut oil to use as a lubricant. Mm -hmm. But um, you have to just kind of, I think sex is is a really big topic because, you know, you can be so fearful of it because once it hurts once, then your brain's like, oh, that's not safe. We can't do that. Um, So, you know, just doing more foreplay um, and then – till you're ready to to actually have sex and that means that maybe you just fling around and then the next night you do a little bit more or the next you know so it's it's just make or or just playing with yourself masturbating until like you know and then massaging the skin um around there until you feel confident to you know have sex yeah it's a hard talk to your partner about it you Mm -hmm. know say that's a good point make sure they're really um, across across it so they know how you feel because obviously they don't want to hurt you. And I've been through that with my husband a million times. Like half the time we won't have penetrative sex. We'll just do other stuff because, um, you know, he knows that it could potentially cause me a flare. So it's still fun. We still have fun. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, I am. I'm sorry for that lady. I hope yeah. that you yeah. can get through that. Um get through that issue I think just to quickly add add on to what you said I think that the fear you know the fear of the pain the fear of not feeling well after the fear of so many things is also such a big factor and um, I would actually urge this person to listen to the episode with Whitney it's number 76 and um, Whitney does talk a lot about this not in regards to vulvodynia but in regards to IC which obviously interfere with her sex life and and there are a lot of overlaps and she talks about how yeah. she wor- worked through the fear and was able to regain a healthy sex life with her husband but I think two things um, as to what you said one yes there are other things that you can do and even if it's just in the meantime, like just in the meantime, you do other things and you say, okay, I can do this. doesn't cause me a problem. Fear is the fear levels coming down and slowly you start to do more and more things that bring your, that, that you feel okay doing that bring your fear level down and then make you more comfortable doing more things. And I also think that, um, using toys in the bedroom can be really helpful I'm not sure oh, where. God, yes. Yeah. I love toys. I know. We love toys. I know. Like, I, I think they're totally. so important. She's like, get the buzzy out. And I'm like, yes, quick, I, get I, the buzzy <laughs> out. <laughs> That's so funny, the buzzy. Um, no, I think they're so important because I think that, I mean, there's so many reasons. This could be a whole nother episode, but there's a brand called Crave. Um, they might even ship internationally, but they make toys that are just 
small discreet feminine and like you would you know the found i've had the founder on the podcast um her name's t chang the founder of love grape and she's like you can keep it on your nightstand it looks like a chapstick like no one would ever know um it's not intimidating like your partner won't hopefully if they are then that's a different story but hopefully won't be intimidated by it and it's just so helpful for women because our bodies 100%. work differently than a, a male do. body. So, yeah. yeah. They do. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that, like, back to the fear, like, you have to overcome the fear. And that is baby steps. Yeah. Start with toys, then work your way up to different things. Like, you know, like it just, and then have your rituals afterwards to self-soothe so maybe that's hopping in a bath or maybe that's um putting an ice pack on on there if you need to just Mm -hmm. like self-soothe yourself any way you can even if it's taking a panadol if it helps or like something an anti-inflammatory if if you need to take it just do whatever you can like just to get your brain back to like i'm okay i'm safe yeah it's cool yeah because it is all about safety Mm -hmm. in the brain totally and one other good, really good point that you made, actually, that I just want to touch upon, and then I will, we will move on. Um, but the last point is the communication. And I think that is such an important piece, because I think that if you're not communicating with your partner about what's going on, and I don't know this specific person's story, whether you're in a relationship, if you're married, not dating, I have no idea, but that's not really the point. It doesn't matter who you're with. It doesn't matter if you're dating someone for a month or you've been married for 10 years. If you're not communicating with whoever you are in a intimate romantic relationship with, you're actually, I believe, never going to be able to work through this because you need the yeah. other person to know what's going on and they need to be there with you, for you. And like, if you're not on the same page, you, you know, Obviously, there's a lot you can do alone, but this is something that, like, if you're having sex with someone, you need to loop them in. You need to have, like, a conversation about what you need, what you want, what they want, what's going on, how you feel. And you kind of have to really overcome the fear of the conversation because, and I honestly talk about this in the episode with my boyfriend as well, like, the yeah. com- the most scary part is having the conversation, but once you have the conversation, you just feel so much lighter and better and free. You need to talk you about do. this stuff. Yeah, it's just oh, it's the key. Mm-hmm. And it's two ways. Like they'll right. have they have they want to talk too. Like they exactly. my, like we laugh about it now in some respects. Like my husband will say, like my balls are pregnant, and I'm like, okay, so <laughs> you want a blowjob? Okay, cool, no worries. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like you just gotta laugh and like take take all the seriousness out of it sometimes you know like and you know we'll try and sneak away like and you know oh kids go and watch this and we'll just you know what I mean like it's just gonna have fun and yeah oh my god I love that that's amazing okay (laughs) that's the perfect note to leave that off on (laughs) I love it um do you have one piece of advice for everyone listening that, you know, gets you through your toughest days? That is your biggest takeaway that you just want to leave the audience with? Okay, absolutely. Um, the fact that there is always a tomorrow. That's it. There's always that. a tomorrow. Okay. And this pelvic community, um, if you are a part of it, this little Instagram pelvic community, like feed off the energy of the good people in that in that um community do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like lean on one another because people who know what you're going through they can just say i know what you're going through and they get it and you know that they get it and it's just it's like an unsaid kind of thing do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so um and the other thing is feel your feelings you know feel them deeply you know, don't be afraid to have a cry, to have a wail, to really let it out, to really, really go hard and then just kind of release it as best you can, mm-hmm. release that that energy because, you know, you don't want to keep that locked up inside. You don't. I completely agree. That is such a good piece of advice and such a good takeaway. 
last thing I want to ask you is what is your favorite quote? Oh, okay. And I don't ask everyone this, but you have so many, so I needed to ask (laughs) you to share. Okay, there's there's two. There's one that I found today, um, and not that I was looking for quotes, but I (laughs) I I just was watching this documentary, and I was like, wow, called The Last Shaman. And but one one that I've just been loving at the moment uh, is as above, so below; as within, so without. And what that means is that what you give is what you get back. Um, so what you give and what you put out to the universe is what will come back to you tenfold. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and this other quote, which I found, which is by a philosopher called Ju um, Krishnamurti. And, it's, and it says, in oneself lies the whole world. And if you know how to look and learn, the door is in there and the key is in your hand. Nobody on earth can give you either the key or the door to open except yourself. That's so good. So, oh, I love so it. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah, I saw it and I, it just made me cry, like just, oh, I had shivers and I've got Aww. them now on my arms. Me too. Yeah, it's a beautiful quote. Thank you for sharing that. This was so amazing. I literally want to do so many more episodes (laughs) with you because I love talking to you you so much. Oh, my God. Um, Where can everyone contact you, follow you, plug yourself? Oh, my God. Well, firstly, I just I just love you. And thank Mm. you for having me because it's just such a like every time I talk, I just want to just come over and. Oh just give God, you a big cuddle too. do you know, I know what I mean like so I just like I, I feel it's like so I've known you in a past life it's so sad <laughs> me too a hundred percent and I can't believe we're all the way across the world but I one know, day but one we day, will one day we will, we will meet I know and we'll take a selfie and we'll post it on your Instagram story I know. um so um yeah thank you so much my everyone can find me on probably the best is my Instagram yeah um platform because it's just a little community it's just me hanging out being silly doing things I'm, I'm there to just give people hope and to just share joy and love and gratitude and, and kindness in any way I can so um, it's at the pelvic warrior um, and explaining that handle just a little bit it's not about like fighting like your illness it's about having the strength within you know like having that strength within to um to you know to be the best person you can be and to you know grow through what you go through so i love it everyone go follow her because she's amazing (laughs) seriously just a ray of sunshine and i am so grateful to have met you and to be your friend me too so thank you yes Thanks for Thank doing so this. Much. Oh, of course. It was so fun. And I can't wait for everyone to listen and to do another one soon. And I think that's it. I love you. I just love you. Thank you so much for having me. Everyone to li- that's listening, thank you. Please support The Hive. It's the most amazing podcast. Um, so resourceful for anyone. And yeah, like you, you're my sister. You're my oh woman, my man. Oh. I love you. I know. Likewise. <laughs> This podcast is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.